at the end of the day, no matter, it might sound cliche, but no matter how many people say no or yes, uh, you know, as long as you have internal conviction in something you're, you're trying to do and you're, you're believing in, I think eventually it will see some signs of success and maybe hopefully a large one. So welcome to the Playbook Podcast. I'm sitting down with Kaushal Dugan who is the founder of T-Box. And, uh, you know, the first time I discovered T-Box was a few years ago when uh, I was with TechCrunch and I wrote this piece about their fundraise and also attempted to, uh, you know, kind of understand uh, what T-Box does. And uh, it was fascinating because the industry being disrupted was T, 200-year-old industry. And since then, uh, Kaushal has... uh, carved, uh, you know, a, a niche, built a great brand. So I thought, uh, first of all, Kaushal, welcome to the podcast. Pankaji, thank you so much for having me. You know, the idea really is to get under the hood and try and understand your playbook for, you know, building completely new business model in an industry which is so old, uh, legacy and, and so on. And you come from a, a family of, you know, generation of, That's right. you, know, you know, tea plantations and, and, and you come from that, that part of the world. Yes. Uh, normally we find the tech guys coming in. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it would be great to understand the playbook itself, uh, Kaushal, uh, you know, kind of get under the hood and look at the building blocks and everything from brand to business model to everything. But before we do that, uh, give us a sense of where you come from, uh, who are you, and how was growing up for you? Sure. So, um, you know, as Pankaj mentioned, I come from a place uh, which is called Siliguri. It's this beautiful town situated at the base of the Himalayas. So if any one of you would have ever gone to Darjeeling in Sikkim, they would have landed in an airport called Bagdogra Airport. And from there would have gone via Siliguri to all of these places. Growing up experience was, I would say, a magical experience. You know, within 2015, uh, I think at that point of time, within 15 to 20 minutes from your home, you can drive down to rivers, uh, mountains, forest, literally amidst the clouds. Uh, you know, surrounding by with nature all around was the kind of growing experience. But more importantly, since I come from a family which has been into tea, Uh, As a kid, almost every weekend, I used to visit the plantations with my father uh, since we had a big uh, tea garden supply business. And there, as a small kid, I just used to think that everyone who works on a plantation is a magician. They have the power somehow to miraculously transform a small, innocent-looking green leaf to a drink which we all consume around the world. Um, you know, obviously at six, eight, ten years old, I didn't know what all went behind the scenes. Uh, but somewhere that left a big impression. And, you know, like many, uh, many founders come from a traditional middle class uh, background. My dad is a self-made entrepreneur, kind of built the business from scratch. Uh, I have seen the kind of sacrifices he has gone through in terms of building that uh, business And more importantly, the values of, uh, you know, a lot of values, but more importantly, I think in our case, frugality, where uh, I have seen that how much a penny saved is also penny earned, uh, which is sometimes counterintuitive to the kind of world I'm operating right now. 
but all in all was a magical experience uh, in terms of growing up mm-hmm. i so wish we recorded this in your tea plantation <laughs> in <not> bangalore <laughs> fair enough um now let us start from the start uh, how did the tea box journey start when did it become the tea box really when did you know that okay this is what i want to do with it uh so bef- before i started a tea box journey uh you know maybe a couple of years before uh i was actually an entrepreneur in singapore i was running uh my first startup was a luxury limousine service so we were the only company in singapore which has a maserati quattroporte available as a chauffeur driven and we had consumers across the world who used to travel to singapore and uh, you know book our services that was my first experience with entrepreneurship uh, but couldn't scale that up because of capital and other issues uh, then i ended up running a electronic waste recycling company called uh, gar or global asset recovery services the idea was so much of electronic waste is being uh, kind of thrown away once people uh, move to the higher version of be the computers or mobile phones and if someone were to take them refurbish and resell it could be a huge market we actually got to a big contract uh, from wipro at that point of time uh, but very quickly we realized that uh, while there is enough amo- enough from the demand side for us to be able to service them the kind of infrastructure required uh, in a high cost setting such as singapore wasn't working out so then i decided let me get some corporate experience worked at kpmg corporate finance for about 3 to 4 years across consulting and finance in southeast asia middle east and then finally one fine day i read a new york times article saying that while the whole world is kind of going through a downturn indian economy is booming spur of a moment uh, gave my resignation at kpmg and said you know i'm off uh, to india uh, with no clear cut concrete plans into what i wanted to do uh, when i landed back in india the first industry i started exploring was tea given that there was so much of familiarity with tea Uh, but i started working under my elder brother whom i consider my guru in tea uh, so he is the one who taught me in terms of tea tasting uh, with him i went to all tea consumer countries in terms of expos uh, such as melbourne uh, food fair tokyo food fair uh, even went to damascus syria for a tea and food exhibition and then through all of these experiences i realized that the kind of tea i was used to growing up you know which i was getting when i was at a plantation was a was the tea i was used to getting throughout my travels in every and any single country of the world there was a huge difference in terms of the taste the quality and that somewhere led me to an insight that if if you know if this is the same quality if this quality i can provide to consumers who have been drinking tea for literally hundreds of years if i can provide this quality there could be an opportunity to create a viable business so pretty much that was the genesis of what uh, you know what tea box uh, today is so now let us look at the the, the building blocks uh, when it comes to tea box so how did you really start what were some of the first things you did and if you could break down uh, any important milestones and take us through uh, you know if there are any existential uh, <laughs> you know everything take take break it down for us so uh, you know i mean it might be difficult to believe that uh, you know the kind of initial days i have had now looking back uh, my first idea was that if i have to sell teas obviously i need to buy teas and when i'm looking to buy teas i'm looking at the best of the best teas 
um i used to make a lot of visit to plantations in darjeeling so you know i used to wake up at around 4 4:30 take my car wagoner at that point of time drive all the way to karshang darjeeling um all the different places make a pit stop at each and every plantation and you know tell them that hey we are looking to buy the fresh produce of the day or the ones which was produced yesterday 18 out of 20 times they would say no uh they would say no because a they didn't believe in the concept of selling teas through e-commerce or online because tea is such a physical product that unless you taste smell them you know you don't get an idea how good or bad it is uh and those were pretty much the initial days days where every single i i still remember that for me to get one plantation it took me 18 visits uh you know to get them to even part with few kilos of their teas uh and then when we started getting a tea, a lot of teas uh, over a period of time and we said you know let's try to build a decent looking e-commerce website and you know this was in the day where we were in siliguri we had a you know internet connection which was pretty much at 100 kbps at best um and here we are aspiring to create a global company global website so that consumers around the world who already or who would eventually be buying a teas wouldn't be seeing something which is dilapidated so we said you know obviously we don't have the tech skills but the only thing we know is in terms of buying the teas packaging and you know obviously we'll be able to ship it out so we came out with a grand plan when i say we it was pretty much me and uh, to a large extent uh, my wife prachi who is the brand head today at tea box every single thing which we could have outsourced we outsourced uh, to about people literally at that point of time we had about nine countries of so people from nine countries working for us just to kind of take you through our website ui ux was done by a guy from nepal uh, based out of kathmandu our entire seo at that point of time was done by stan who was based out of bulgaria our entire customer support was was done by a lady called flora based out of philippines our social media and this is the best part was done by a guy based out of kenya and uh, the accounting was outsourced to a firm in delhi and the tech was outsourced to a firm initially in delhi and eventually in ahmedabad um and the only thing we did in siliguri was buy the teas pack the teas ship the teas out so to consumer and this was almost till the time we got our seed funding so you know to a consumer who's buying from our 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 company and at that point of time we used to be called darjeeling tea express only focused on darjeeling teas he or she would assume that it's a very sophisticated service because the moment your orders are shipped you get you know order email with order details with tracking details there's a 24/7 customer support social media is working as per the schedule but in reality it was just two or three people at the background doing everything and very quickly once we started selling those teas and reaching out to those consumers we realized the kind of quality we were able to provide just because we were disintermediating a 6 to 12 month cycle to literally a week uh, if not slightly more they were just amazed and that made us realize that what we are trying to do with darjeeling teas eventually could be expanded to different types of tea regions and that was the that was pretty much the seed of trying to build an ambitiously and we became ambitious enough to build a slightly larger business uh, but at that point of time we were still in siliguri two man shop three man shop uh, running a global firm just shipping to about 40 50 countries wow 
<laughs> you do measure uh, i was looking at your website in terms of number of cups or something you crossed what a million cups no. no so we have just crossed about a billion cups billion cups, cups. Wow. yes okay yeah <laughs> uh, so we have now shipped to about 117 countries uh, i think apart from certain parts of central and west africa and certain parts of latin america and you know i think at antarctica we have pretty much shipped to every single country you can name in the world so the journey to a billion cups uh when you were trying to build something new in such an old sector uh and and you are talking about taking help from social media building a nice ui ux and and so on what what were some of the key lessons you learned in terms of uh you know good the bad and the ugly uh when it are some of these things overrated underrated what i mean can you share some candid lessons um sure so uh, i think the the biggest lesson which you know which kind of stays with me even today is that um at the end of the day no matter it might sound cliche but no matter how many people say no or yes Uh, you know as long as you have internal conviction in something you're you're trying to do and you're you're believing in i think eventually it will see some signs of success and maybe hopefully a large one the reason i'm telling you this is because initially my parents also thought i had lost it <laughs> uh you know someone who's come from singapore studied in some of the best institutions and then you know all he's doing now sitting in front of a dabba what they call a computer uh 12 24 hours a day trying to do something in an industry which everyone believes you know it will only function the same way uh and i think those were some initially tough days uh because you know forget about external validation or help there was you know challenges internally i had to deal with i'm very thankful and grateful to say that now you know my dad is also an investor in our company because he now sees the benefit of disrupting an old industry and hopefully you know wants to earn his reputation as an investor with us <laughs> uh but that was our single biggest lesson and the second big lesson which i think you know is key to our success so far is uh using technology in a smart way uh not necessarily the only traditional way which is a, say that you know you write the best codes you kind of disrupt the ways of doing things but we looked at technology from both a hardware and a software perspective and the only reason we were able to do that because i'm not a technologist by background you know i come from a from a pure business education background uh and technology has been a disruptor even in you know almost all the industries very significantly in our industry uh which is what we are doing today with tbox you know we have seen waves of indian companies from IT to now even software as a service uh, you know going global or uh, becoming truly global product uh, billion cups of tea you know i also understand you have a, a massive global market how did you build the brand or how was it you know building the the some of these great customer testimonials in these markets can you take us through that journey sure um i think one thing from day one we have we have i would say you know focused uh, like a maniac is the quality of our products uh, you have to realize that the kind of teas we deal in have always been exported outside india so there was a market which naturally existed we were not trying to create a new market and hence in the initial days we never focused on india because india is predominantly a child drinking country uh, whereas the kind of teas we deal in are very high end pure teas which are best to be drunk without milk sugar and anything else 
when these consumers started getting rts and our entire success initially was purely through seo uh, we used to i used to write every day at least two articles um, different flushes different estates and google in those days was also very early in terms of seo so whatever you write decent content you used to get picked up um, it also helped uh, that at that point of time they there was a movie which won oscar which was called dashling limited uh, a very famous actor and that movie uh had a lot of searches on google so that dashling limited very interestingly led to dashling t express so we got most of our consumers initially through word of mouth and seo and when these consumers tried our product they were just amazed by a what they had been drinking before and what kind of quality we were able to provide only because we cut down the entire supply chain to days of production and we were able to do packing from a vacuum packing perspective which was a new thing in the industry that whatever you get was fresh that 10 20 50 100 customers over a period of time predominantly through word of mouth led to a large number of organic consumers um of course today we have the ability to do you know various forms of marketing be it digital facebook instagram um sem but you know that days there was no funding whatsoever so this was the only way we could get consumers so every single consumer at least my top first 200 300 consumers i knew their buying behavior i knew their drinking pattern i knew exactly by looking at the name what address it needs to be shipped if someone has not ordered in say 3 or 4 months you know just kind of sending an email directly from me saying hey just wanted to check we have launched new teas so it was a very one on one personal connection which really helped us scale through our initial days mm. okay so that is about the consumers how do you stay relevant to to those consumers so, so now tea also i understand it it is uh, you know something that has deep connection with its consumers like once you get used yes. to a taste you don't want to yes change yes. And, and so on so looking at that kind of a market how do you keep coming up with new uh, you know varieties or or what what's that engine all about and is that really important why would you not stick with one or two sure uh so you know the way we look at our catalog it's uh you know we have uh, teas in two different large areas one is your single estate teas which in a large parlance you can call as single malts and then you have your blends which is you know what you create in house so you have about 50% of the consumers who every year will come for this specific tea from this specific plantation which is a single estate their entire entire premises that the moment that tea is produced and every year the teas are produced uh, during a certain time of the year we get the best teas and send it to them these consumers don't want to change and they are very happy sticking with say a 10 20 15 year old habit whereas now we have the luxury of having our own in house state of the art research and development team where every quarter we launch new blends depending on the trends in the market and we pretty much look at ourselves from a fashion perspective like fashion has two launches or two collections which are launched every year every year similarly we launch a spring summer and a autumn winter collection uh, that is based on what are the trends in the food and beverage space even trends from a color space Uh, so, for example, last year purple was a in thing in fashion. We actually launched a purple tea. Uh, so we kind of take very interesting uh, cues from there and market around it. But at the core of it, 
it's it's really about storytelling uh, a consumer who's sitting you know who say who has a penthouse overlooking central park in new york if he or she is paying for that money he really wants to feel that he's he's connected to the source to the plantation to the workers where the tea is coming from and we do a lot of stories from the source we do incredible amount of videos about the estates about the people because that connection is the most important thing which makes him continuously come back to us uh, on the blend side it's more about smart marketing really riding on the waves in the space and kind of saying that we are not just creating a new product but more importantly we create a 100% authentic natural products uh, unlike most companies we don't do anything artificial whatsoever so staying true in terms of maniacally being focused on the quality of the products both in single estate and r and, and blends is what has kept our consumers coming back to us and kind of helped us position and kind of gradually grow uh, from a company perspective as well quite a playbook if you look at it the way you read signals from the 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 mainstream world when it comes to fashion True. and and everything True. wow because we think of ourselves you know we are kind of in the tea sense but it's more like a you know high end wine which we are selling at the end of the day and it's all about the experience and storytelling mm. have there been things that didn't work uh is is there i mean nobody plans to fail but when when you stumble uh you do have some learnings so can you hand pick uh, you know some of them and and talk a bit about that absolutely so for the largest time we thought of ourselves as a pure play e-commerce company and we said you know uh, eventually there'll be enough amount of consumers who will come online uh, we initially started with the english website and then we had a russian and then very soon we went to into chinese website as well so we had interns from china working in our office answering customer support question everything on the website was in 100% chinese and we also did the same thing with japanese too uh unfortunately both the chinese and the japanese uh, websites or attempts to sell in their own uh, kind of native experience from any commerce perspective was a disastrous uh not only did it did not work it consumed so much of time and effort from from in house perspective that we said you know for the timing let's just focus on two languages which is english and russian now thinking back we are very very clear why it didn't work uh, in china it didn't work because you know if you look at the china's uh, e-commerce landscape it's not it's mostly a marketplace model you have the alibabas you have the tmalls you have the taobaos of the world which is where most of your consumers are you know you, if you are cre- attempting to create something outside of it not just you have a challenge from a food and beverage product to sell but you have the challenge from attracting the traffic uh, to telling your story in the right way so that didn't work japan it didn't work because and japan website we did very much in initial days it didn't work because uh, while the teas were extremely good and we were able to make about literally were 2 3000 percent margins on whatever teas we sold they are they are very very focused on two things first is attention to detail so if you look at every single japanese packaging right even if they have a ribbon and there's there's like like the two bows on the ribbon they are symmetrical that's the kind of detailing they require which at that point of time we didn't have the capability to and the second thing is if you look at a website a, a japanese website 
from a UX perspective, it, it feels like it's it's like a fish market. There's chaos everywhere. You know, some some text is on top right, some is on top left. There is no structure whatsoever. Probably there was some method to the madness, which we as non-Japanese speakers or users were not able to interpret. We just said, yeah, what works in US, UK pretty much will work in Japan. Uh, those two was were some of our... Uh, you know, I would say humbling learning experiences to be able to communicate the stories in a in a platform in a language in a setting which was uh, which which uh, which ideally should have worked but didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Has there been any moment when you when you thought, okay, let's do something else? <laughs> <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> Maybe I, I shouldn't be telling this to our investors, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think I think by and large, uh, you know, more than more than the opportunity to, to to create a great business, I think what we are really humbled by is the opportunity to make an impact, eventually in the lives of people. What people, what many people don't realize is that tea is a very large industry. In fact, it is the second largest employer of organized labor in India after Indian Railways. You know, if you go to a plantation, there are thousands of people who whose sole livelihood is dependent on the teas which they put their literally day and night uh, efforts to kind of make. And due to the inefficiencies in the industry, very less translates back to them. Most of them still live on less than few dollars a day. And I think that is the biggest opportunity which we understand and which we think we are, we, we have an op we have a platform to make an impact. Uh, I think we are not even, you know, we haven't even done from that perspective, even 0.01%. So the idea is if you surpass the entire supply chain, you sell direct to the consumers and you're able to create a brand, you get a lot of value directly. And when you get a lot of value directly, and since we work directly with the growers, we are over a period of time able to translate or shift those values directly to the people who really matter. Uh, I don't think that has happened in the industry for the last 100, 200 years. Uh, the multinationals who pretty much control the industry sells, they always try to sell the teas at the cheapest price. If they're trying to sell the teas at the cheapest price, invariably they have to reduce the cost down. And when you are over a period of time trying to reduce the cost down, you're not actually enhancing the value. You're just trying to create a business out of it and you're negating the societal impacts which has had. Mm -hmm. uh, we think that there is an opportunity to not just make a great business, but also at the same time an opportunity to impact lots of people. Uh, and that's why we don't look at it as a three or five year horizon. A horizon is much longer. Funny couple of things, Kaushal. Can you talk a little about about hiring or, or the team and, and some lessons there? Because coming from where you were and trying to build something new, uh, how did you balance between uh, the new skills versus the domain expertise? And what were some of those challenges? And who were some of the early hires or key hires? What are some of the lessons that you have learned? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, initially in our journey, we used to think of ourselves as predominantly a tech company and our only channel is e-commerce. And with that mindset, then we, we set out to build a very large, very strong tech team. So we had product managers, we had people who are working in the back end, people who are working in the front end. We had a team of dedicated testers. 
uh, and that that was the understanding that if you're able to crack the e-commerce even you know second uh, if you're able to save a second in terms of load eventually it could have a huge impact i think few years down the journey we realized that doesn't work uh, today interestingly our tech team just consists of one person everything else is outsourced so that was because of that perspective we ended up doing hiring in an area where i don't think we should have spent that much of time and effort but our key hires at that point of time who are still touchwood after so many years are with the company uh, number one my first hire was was someone whom uh, you know my my driver had said that there's a guy who wants to looking for work and i said you know i don't have anyone i had uh, got him in on board and he started as office boy uh, his name was munna he today is a senior supervisor is in, in our research and development team he has no degree no background no education but he has a very very keen sense of learning and hard work uh he originally comes from uh, area in bihar near kashanganj um our second most critical hire who is pretty much the head of everything in siliguri siliguri is a back end uh, is our backbone of our entire company is a guy called gopal again came through me pretty much randomly uh, no pedigree whatsoever but i if i were to put him in the same room as you know say maybe the ims the ids of some of the most qualified people from other places or the companies i think he will do far better so what i've realized is that more than the pedigree what really matters is a the hunger in which with which a person uh, you know comes to uh, comes to a company in a job and b the the uh, you know the opportunity which they see when they translate it in their own terms so in siliguri when we started we had a 40 square uh, foot room today we have about a 25000 square feet warehouse and office space uh, most of the people who have seen the journey from 40 square foot to this size have been able to you know immediately see the impact of their actions and i think that really helped us get some of the key people there uh, someone who joined in our procurement team ravi Uh, who pretty much heads our procurement again comes from a strong procurement background uh, but when he joined we had no idea that he'll be able to eventually not just handle procurement but be able to launch multi be instrumental in launching multiple brands and and uh, that the 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 other most hire who's who's in in more sense my co-founder uh, happened more so by accident than by choice uh so prachi who who is uh, my partner who pretty much heads our entire retail experience uh we are opening stores across bombay delhi bombay uh, bangalore airports and in the malls and who is pretty much heading our entire brand and design team uh comes from a very different background uh, so she has played a very instrumental role these were the initial key four to five people who kind of made a huge impact uh, obviously now the team's much larger we have much stronger guys in all areas uh, but i think more than the skills in the initial days it was the hustle or the ability to hustle and just be at it 24/7 more than anything else final question kaushal and i'm also thinking about entrepreneurs who face this question at some point in time so i'm asking you uh, so prachi who is your wife is almost like he is a co-founder is a co-founder now uh, a, a, a lot of entrepreneurs i know you know when they are faced with this question some of them are apologetic about it uh, and some of them believe in the skills uh, that uh, their spouse brings uh, to the table and and go on. Uh, 
So how did you make, how, what, what has been your, you know, uh, uh, you know, doing this, uh, you know, what would be your advice to entrepreneurs, uh, you know, who are looking to truly build, uh, you know, a company that is valuable, uh, you know, because I, I believe uh, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this. So I'm asking you, you know, so what would be your advice? Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult question, uh, primarily because, uh, uh, you know, it's not just another employee, it's, it's pretty much your partner who you're working with. I think my advice uh, from whatever my limited experience is that uh, you have to look at the individual not from perspective of your relationship, but purely by the skill sets that the person is able to bring to the table. Uh, almost everyone who has tried our products compliments us on two things. One is A, the quality of the product and B is the design and packaging. Uh, quality is something which I was able to take care of very easily. Design and packaging I was not able to. And I think, you know, after Prachi coming in, we have done a fabulous job there. Uh, and, and those are the skill sets which truly value us as we try to build a brand in a very old school industry on the basis of storytelling experience uh, and not just only product. Um, so if I were to look at from that perspective, I don't think we would be probably here where we are today uh, without having uh, you know someone like Prachi on board. Uh, on the other side, obviously, it's challenging because when you end up home, you are still talking about work. So the boundaries of personal and professional kind of the boundaries don't exist. And that that leads to a slightly larger challenge, uh, you know, in terms of having that space where it's just two of you vis-a-vis -vis the space where you're talking about the work. Uh, I think we are, I'm, I'm or I, I, if I can speak for Prachi, I think we both are far from being able to have that discipline and that balance. Uh, but in our own ways, I think together, and it's also a lot of fun at times when, you know, together when you create something which becomes valuable, then there is not just shared, uh, you know, sense of achievement, but more importantly, a shared sense of respect and pride of doing something together like that. Yeah. Um, so if I was lucky, uh, once uh, since I got that opportunity to work with Prachi, uh, but the only advice is, and if I can, you know, stretch this question to, to slightly larger, uh, don't get married and don't start a startup at the same time. <laughs> That's a recipe for disaster. Uh, so if one can avoid that, I think, you know, working with a partner who's like-minded could be a blessing. No, great, uh, Kajal. Thanks for being so candid. Uh, because like I said, I, I believe this is the question that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. It always helps to listen to people who, <laughs> who've done that, doing that. Uh, Godspeed uh, with, you know, from billion to maybe 10 billion cups. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, if you are listening to this podcast, do, do check uh, T-Box. <laughs> Absolutely. And Pankaj, thank you so much for having me. Been a big fan yeah. and admirer of you and having thank known you. you for so long. Yeah, thank, thank you, Kaushal. Really enjoyed Thanks. this. Bye.